Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Nothing But Sports for Cinco de Mayo, Tuesday, May 5th, 2020. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. I'm telling you, I know it's tough to have fun these days. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put on a sombrero, strip naked, and dance around the house. And if my neighbors don't like it, they don't have to look in the windows. All right? If they're looky-loos, they get an eyeful. That's the way it goes. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist I've ever gone to, he will not be wearing a sombrero. When you go to today's dentistry, he's going to be wearing a bunch of PPE to keep you safe, keep his team safe. They're going to be wearing the PPE. They're going to take your oxygen level when you come in, your temperature, make sure everybody is fine, keep you as safe as humanly possible while they do the great work that they normally do, cleaning teeth, dental examinations, fillings, crowns, all that stuff at the highest possible level. Today... I want to do this a little bit differently. Normally, we kind of hopscotch from one topic to another, but today I want to talk about cheating in college basketball as the only thing we talk about today because Louisville got their notice of allegations yesterday from the NCAA. This goes back to stuff that was happening three years ago, stuff that Rick Pitino and Tom Jurich as the head basketball coach and athletic director got fired for more than two years ago. The NCAA just delivering that notice of allegations, a level one uh, violation, a level two violation is not good news for Louisville because they are recidivists, all right? Multiple violations going back to the time when Katina Powell and her daughter and friends serviced the Louisville basketball program at the basketball dorm on the dime of a staff member of that program. So the NCAA not happy with the University of Louisville. But I want to talk not just about Louisville. I want to talk in general about cheating in college basketball. I think that basketball is a beautiful game. And the lessons that can be learned from basketball are so enormous and so important that I think a lot of the people who play it and play it just for money, I think they miss out on the greater good. All right? Because here's what basketball does. Basketball values those who work as individuals and really grind to become better shooters, better ball handlers, to move better as athletes. And all those skills can be developed alone in a gym or, hell, they can be developed in the driveway, right, or in a park. That's where a lot of guys do it. You don't need to be in a gym every day, and you don't need to be with people. But at the same time, so that you've got to become a good individual basketball player. You've got to master your craft. However, in order to succeed as a team, you've got to collaborate. You've got to be cooperative. You have to understand that you're a part of a team. In baseball, you can be a great ball player and be a, be a total prick. You can be a a relentlessly hedonistic, selfish person in baseball and still lead your team to championships. Look at Reggie Jackson. What kind of a teammate was that guy? You know what? If you wanted to win championships, he was a great teammate because the guy could flat hit and he wasn't a bad defensive player. Babe Ruth didn't even know the names of his teammates. 
Okay? Hey, kid. That's what he'd always say. Had no idea what their names were, but you know what? He could flat rake. He moved pretty well for a fat guy, as Ty Cobb said. He was a good right fielder, and back in the day, he was probably the best left-handed pitcher in the game of baseball. So you can, you can win championships with individuals in baseball, but in basketball, nobody is good enough to win without collaborating with the other guys on the team or the other women on the team. It just doesn't work that way. And that's the beauty of basketball, where it teaches individual discipline in gaining mastery over skills, but it also validates the thought that only as a collective can we thrive. That is the magic of basketball to me. And when you play it for cash and just cash, Like when you go to an AAU tournament, you can see the guys who are playing to win and the guys who are playing because they think they're going to the NBA. Those guys who are going to the NBA, I don't think ever develop an understanding of sort of the globalness of basketball. And I'm not talking about the world, like the global popularity of the game of basketball. I'm talking about that circumspect understanding of all the things that are necessary in basketball in order for a team to thrive. And, and there are guys, Paul George is one of those guys. Monte Ellis, one of those guys. If you want to dig into the Pacers a little bit, you can point at guys and say, you know what? Uh, these guys just didn't understand that collaboration's the key. Building your own individual brand is one thing, all right? Being a collaborative teammate and somebody who, who propels others toward better play That's a completely different thing, and that's the art of basketball. There's a lot of physics in basketball, a lot of science to it, but there's a lot of art to basketball, too. There's a lot of personality to the game, and we see that in the last dance, right? Michael Jordan, before he won championships, he was kind of all about him, and he thought everybody else was there for him to help him. Doug Collins was there to help him him score bunches of points as he built his brand. Then Phil Jackson comes in and Phil's like, Michael, you want to win championships, here's how you do it. You've got to lift these other guys. You've got to be about them, not just be about you. And it was that switch, that change of philosophy that propelled the Bulls to six championships in those eight seasons. Six for six. Michael's last six full seasons with the Bulls, six for six winning championships once the switch flipped for Michael Jordan and he got that basketball became a beautiful game in the city of Chicago and I think for the kids who are foisted into fame in college basketball and and let's be honest about what basketball has become coaching has become recruiting right it's all about aggregating talent that's what it's about at, at the highest level. You talk to people at North, North Carolina is about talent. Duke's about talent, right? Kansas is about talent. A lot of these programs are all about talent. And then maybe you can get these guys to play together a little bit, but hopefully you can out talent people. Kentucky, obviously, about talent. And Louisville became about talent. But there is science and there is art in coaching basketball. And if you don't understand the art side, you're not going to win a lot of championships. How many championships has Bill Self won at Kansas despite all those five-star guys? He's won one, right? One NCAA championship. How about John Calipari at Kentucky? He's won one NCAA championship. During that same period, 
you've had a lot of success from programs that don't do that. They can't get the five-star guys. So what they do is try to recruit to a culture. And it's that culture that brings about repeated winning. And we saw a great example of it up at Purdue, right? Purdue gets Etwan Moore and Robbie Hummel and Scott Martin and Juwan Johnson. And what a class that was. And they're there in Purdue. Scott Martin leaves. But with Hummel and Moore and Johnson, Purdue gets really good. And then Matt Painter outthinks himself. And instead of recruiting to Purdue's culture, he recruits outside Purdue's culture and tries to get athletes. And at that point, Purdue fell apart. Matt Painter, he switched courses back pretty quickly to recruiting Purdue-type kids, and he's back to winning Big Ten championships. That's the beauty of recruiting to culture. That's the beauty of recruiting to fit. Purdue, or, uh, Butler has done the same thing, right? It's all about the Butler way. That determines who they're going to go out and recruit. And you saw Brad Stevens do it beautifully to the extent that that team, despite having two NBA players on it and only one for both years, they went to NCAA championship games in back-to-back years in 2010 and 2011. And a lot of that had to do with a kid named Matt Howard, a kid named Zach Hahn, obviously Gordon Hayward and Ronald Norred and Shelvin Mack. Those guys played huge roles. On that, but I think the cultural linchpin for those teams was Matt Howard because all Matt Howard cared about were the guys around him. Matt Howard played summer basketball with my son for three years, and I would see Matt after practice, and Matt's launching threes impossibly high from outside the sidelines, and he's making about one in every three. And I said, Matthew, you know, if coaches understand that you can shoot this way from outside the arc, your, your level of recruiting is going to take a jump up. And he said, well, what am I going to do that for? Why am I going to shoot those shots when we've got guys like Ryan and Zach and Ben and John and Nate shooting those shots? Why am I going to stand out there and shoot? That's a kid who understood that it's about team. It's not just about him. It was about him in getting better at his skill level But then when it came time to play, it was about the skill level of the aggregate and putting each of those five guys on the floor in a position where they could succeed. The shoes don't allow that to happen. The shoes introduce and inject money into this equation at a level that I think is really dangerous for college sports. I get it. The, the athletic departments, they want money because they want to build buildings and they want to give the kids a better experience and they want to pay coaches even more money and the athletic directors want to make money. Money is just good. Nobody sees the harm of money, right? But here's the harm of money. The shoes, they're not in it to educate college basketball players. That's not their business model. Their business model is to move product, shirts, shorts, shoes, All kinds of stuff. If you can wear it, they want to sell it. Socks, Under Armour, Adidas, Nike. They want to move merchandise. All right? That's what they're paying for when they write the check to the university. And if they feel like they can help a university's basketball program elevate their level of play by throwing around a little money and getting a kid to go to school X, or let's just say Louisville, all right? If you can get... Uh, Kenny Johnson, who is an assistant at Louisville, a sack full of cash, shoe cash, 
to hand to Brian Bowen's dad and secure that kid's commitment to the University of Louisville, that's what you do because it's good for business. It might not be good for the kid. It might not be good for the program. But the shoes, they don't give a damn about any of that. What they want to do is move merchandise. And that's what leads to the cheating that Louisville is getting their ears pinned back over. All right, this latest round, the the hookers, that's a completely different thing. The prostitutes, that was just stupid. And that was incomprehensibly dumb. And it's the stacking of those violations that has really gotten Louisville in a lot of problems. And, and another piece of trouble for Louisville is that they cop to it, right? Louisville, by firing Patino and firing Jurich, they said, yeah, we screwed up. These guys really screwed up or we wouldn't be firing them. You look at Kansas and LSU, probably USC, Arizona, You know what's been going on there. We've heard the conversations, the recorded conversations between shoe guys and coaches where it's, you know what, yeah, we'll make them a great offer or we did make them a great offer. And so kids, either they pledged that school or they didn't pledge that school, but we know how this works. People want money. People want to get paid, not necessarily the kids, but the parents. They want to get paid. And so the shoes facilitate that, and they operate as middlemen, which was seen as an insulator for the coaches. But it's not really, as we now know, because of the wiretaps and whatnot. But we know exactly what these programs were doing in order to facilitate a a steady flow of talent into the programs. And what those coaches do that's even worse than the act of cheating, those coaches show that they just don't give a damn about the right stuff. They just don't care about fit, and they don't care about establishing an environment where collaboration becomes the priority for the kids. So they learn that collaboration is absolutely critical to success. You've got to work as an individual to become, to earn your way into the unit so that you can contribute to the unit. That's the way basketball works. And these coaches, by cheating and by working to aggregate talent through the shoe companies at the expense of fit, they're showing that they just don't get it. So it's about education, and it's about these coaches denying their responsibility as educators in order to become successful from a wins and losses perspective, because it's through those wins and through the hanging of banners that they're going to make millions of dollars. What's Self make? Five million? What's Krzyzewski make? Seven? How about Roy Williams? How the hell else are these guys going to make all that money? What's Bill Self going to do for money? He doesn't need money, right? He's made all the money he needs. We know that. But what the hell is he going to do for money without being a basketball? He can't replace that cash, right? So they become probably what when they were in their 20s, they detested. And that's nothing more than a pimp paying a kid to come to school for a short period of time to learn a little bit about basketball, maybe go to a class or two, and then graduate either to the NBA, the G League, or the European game and become a professional basketball player. And there's nothing wrong with being a professional basketball player. But what these guys are tasked with, or what they should be tasked with, is educating these young men whose parents, in many cases, entrust them to that program. 
I would never, if I was a, if I had a kid who was good enough to go to Kansas or LSU or what NC State was, I would never send my kid there in a million years because I want my kid to become a well-rounded human being and to understand how life works and to understand that collaboration is kind of what makes the boat go round, right? That's the fun of life, getting into a room with 10 people and figuring out how to circumvent a disaster or how to take a, a business model and you know enforce it and become successful with it. That is fun. That's the enjoyable part of life. And you can learn that through basketball if you've got coaches who give a damn about that kind of stuff. It's not about the wins and the losses. The wins and the losses are the results, right? It's not about the results. It's about the methodology you use to get there and to instill in these human beings the qualities that you would like to see them emulate as they become adults, as they become functional, as leaders, as they become parents. That's what coaching is. As a coach, in the well, let's not even call it amateur, but let's say in college or in high school, what you're there to do is educate. You're there to set expectations, hold people accountable to them individually, and then put them in a situation where they can become successfully collaborative. That is basketball to me, and that's why cheating absolutely sucks and why the NCAA, with all the lawyers who work there, ought to be able to come up with some kind of methodology to enforce a rule book without rules being broken back in 2017. Guys getting fired in 17. The rules, hell, they were broken, I think, in 16. What are you doing? Hold people accountable. And, and for the presidents of those universities who don't want the NCAA to hold coaches accountable, to hell with you too. Because you are operating at odds from your charter as well. Your charter is to educate young men and women. And if you're not all about that, if you don't run every decision you make through that filter, to hell with you. That's why I can't stand the cheating. Because it, it shows, it reveals a set of priorities that are absolutely corrupt. And the NCAA should be tasked by its members to clean that crap up. And if they don't, to hell with them. That's sports, nothing but sports. For Tuesday, May 5th, 2020, it's Cinco de Mayo. I am in the process of stripping naked. Going to grab my sombrero and dance around the house. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 8 on Facebook Live for Breakfast with Kent on Twitter and Periscope. We do that live at about 8.15. I cannot wait to talk to you then. May the 6th, which would have been my parents' what is it? would have been their 59th wedding anniversary if my dad lived. He would have been 90 today. Not this isn't his birthday, but he would have been 90. And uh, mom still kicking ass, taking names up in suburban Chicago. So uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, May 6th. Can't wait.